All right. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Stories of Selling Human podcast. I'm your host, Alex Smith, and I started this podcast because I believe everyone in the world will someday be faced with a situation, could be business, could be personal, that requires you to create change. I think we all want to be heard, seen, and understood. And the people who get our attention and convince, persuade, or influence us are not just salespeople. I think there are great humans throughout all walks of life that we're drawn to. I'm going to share their stories here so we can tap into what makes us human, practice our human skills, and ultimately, we'll all become better at selling by being human. Gang, this is someone that I have seen in so many different circles that I frequent, so many great communities. She is a uh, a new mom, and we'll talk about that. She owns a consulting business that helps people, you know, with their LinkedIn presence. Uh, so she's she's a coach on LinkedIn. She uh, consults people uh, on getting business on LinkedIn. Um, she even helps a little bit with recruiting and staffing, and even content marketing, audience growth. She's a LinkedIn advisor and coach. And even helps with uh, uh, the LinkedIn presence of the one and only Jesse Itzler. Please welcome none other than Lindsay Mitrosilis to the podcast. Welcome, Lindsay. Thank you so much. You nailed awesome. the last name, by the way. You did great. Yeah. And I bet you a lot of hosts, um, you know, butcher it um, in many different ways. I don't know. but Oh, um, no. I mean, it's totally fine. <laughs> So, Lindsay, thank you for coming on. Like, there's so many things we're going to get into in the um, in this episode. I just love your presence on LinkedIn, what you communicate about yourself, and and really, you know, you jumped off the screen when I uh, attended a, a session that you did, you know, coaching people on LinkedIn. You know, just very simple, uh, easy tips, and 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 just your smile and presence just really said to me, I, I need to talk to Lindsay. But before we get into it, Lindsay, there's, you know, a question I ask everyone. And, and the reason why I wanted to bring you on is because of this is, you know, I just believe, you know, you can tell those people that put themselves out there on social media, LinkedIn, that are, you know, maybe they're doing it, you know, because it's forced. And you, you, you also meet those people that um, you're like, wow, this, I, I can tell like whatever I'm seeing on social media or professional networks or whatever is who they are in real life. And so that kind of underpins this question for you, Lindsay. So the name of the podcast, Stories of Selling Human, when I say to you uh, something like sell by being human, what does that mean to you? What What does that make you think about when I say something like that to you? I think what that makes me think of is like, we're selling all the time and you don't even realize it. Like conversations you have with your significant other, with your friends, with your boss, with your teammates, like you're always selling because we're always trying to, not always, but for mo- the most part, we're trying to like get, we're trying to persuade someone to get on board with our belief or convince them like, hey, I'd really love mac and cheese for dinner. Like, what do you think? You know, like there's always like aspects of our life and in our conversations where we are trying to persuade, which is sales. You know, it's just, that's what it is. So that's what I think of when you say that, like it it literally is in everything that you do. And even for people, like you said in the intros, like you might not even realize that you do it or you might not even think like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm not a salesperson, but like, actually you are, (laughs) you're doing it all the time. You don't even realize it. Yeah, it's funny, like when you say kind of like, it's just something that's, it's almost like inevitable. That's why I think like, as you know, human beings, you can't get around it, you know, you have to be able to connect to people in a way that 
you know, really makes it about them and, and, and gets them to open up to you and, and doesn't um, signify to them, this person is out for some thing or some reason, or there's some flip that switches in their mind that, you know what, um, this is my characterization of what uh, a salesperson might be. So, you know, speaking a little bit about like those moments, like in your, in just like that are bound to come up, you know, in your life that, you know, you may not think that they're sales, but you're connecting with another human being. Maybe you're, you're trying to influence change in someone, you know, help me understand, like when you were growing up, um, I always love asking people like, who was really great at this? Like when you were growing up and sometimes people think of their parents or maybe a neighbor or a friend at just being like, you know what? People listen to them. They, they got people to do things you, you wouldn't have even think about. They were in, you know, careers with little to no education um, because of just how they were with people. So Mm -hmm. what are some people that you can think about growing up and what was your life like growing up uh, uh, to maybe learn some of these things? Sure. Well, I have one story. So my grandfather was a salesman by trade. He actually came over in the Dust Bowl from Oklahoma. He used to sell fruits and vegetables. And then he actually started his own printing business when he landed in the Bay Area, which is kind of where my parents grew up. I grew up. And he was always doing sales for his own business. And if if you're a business person, a CEO of your own company, you know that like you always are like the sales per like you are the dedicated salesperson. So right. he was like that. My dad started in sales very young age as well. He actually it's just funny because I love these stories. He uh used to have a paper route and he learned very quickly that, hey, I could make more money. I could get tips on my paper route if I strategically place the newspaper against the door so that when people yeah. open the door, it just like would fall oh. in because those days like you you would collect like money for the paper so people would give him tips versus like he he's talked about like his brothers would just like chuck newspapers on the driveway and they wouldn't make <laughs> as much money so he learned very early on so those things were honestly instilled in me as i was growing up so the most like the first memory i have of actually being in sales or doing sales was we used to have garage sales i think once a quarter in our neighborhood And my grandpa would bring a box of donuts for like all of us and then a box of donuts for me to go around in my little radio flyer, my red wagon, and sell donuts out of my radio flyer. And it taught me. I mean, I was doing that like five years old. I was selling waters and donuts to everybody who was coming around to the garage sale. I would make my money and then they would you're like, hey, if you want to go walk around to all the garage sales, like this is how like you make money or you could save it, you know? And so I was, it was just instilled in me early on, like, this is how you make money. And I was like, okay, I like this, you know? And I mean, from there on out, I was just always in a sales job. I mean, I started working when I was like 12, cleaning bathrooms. I guess that wasn't really sales, but cleaning bathrooms at our local pool. I was selling Christmas trees when I was like 13, 14, because back then you could, in California, you could be like 14 years old working in agriculture. (laughs) Hard labor. Yeah. Pumpkin, pumpkin patch. Like I just loved this idea of like, you know, working and making money. But then at the same time, I learned this element of customer service and really like, if you can anticipate your customer's needs or give them a great experience, like one, they just so appreciate it. And how cool is it that like we can help someone like have a great experience and like make them feel good, but then you get paid for that too, you know? So my, my career evolved and, and all those things evolved, um, as I grew up, um, just working in different sales jobs. I worked at a, a spa where I learned like actual sales for products within the spa. 
I was one of the youngest team members at Bank of America in our community. That was definitely a sales job. Um, so, it, you know, being a server, which I always loved, you know, like that's a sales job. If you think about it, like if you give the customer a great experience and you anticipate their needs, like, can you recall a great restaurant experience where you're like, wow, uh, we're going to tip this server like so well because they just did such a great job. You know, that's sales. Like that is totally yeah. sales. So I just fell in love with it. And I realized this, we're doing this all the time. Yeah. All the time. I like when you talk about like some of the threads, like anticipating people's needs that takes an eye, like that's takes somebody like that's thinking truly about like, you know, not just waiting for someone to ask you for something, but asking before that they, uh, they ask. So it's like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, they're, that they're, they're, they're wanting to know me so well, or they're just, you know, their, their, their experience with people is just, um, coming out and they're, 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 they're wanting to get to know me so well. So I, I feel like that thread you, you know, is that, is, are there other threads like that, that you can, you know, pull on, you know, if you look at all of your career, things that you weren't actually taught in a classroom, but you just kind of picked up that, you know, people really, um, you know, maybe they just kind of resonate. It really, really made a difference with them, you know? Um, yeah, I think it's that like, it's almost, I don't know if it's empathy, maybe it's empathy, but like, if you could envision, so if you're a server and you envision, okay, here's a family of four, there's a small child, there's, you know, there's a small a child, child, there's a toddler and then two parents, like, and I didn't have kids at the time. I was like 21, you know, serving. And, but I could just, I remember with my younger sisters going to dinner and like how stressed my parents would be trying to like entertain them or make sure there was like coloring things or also I just would think like, okay, if I'm approaching a table with a family, like how can I make the kids feel extra special? Cause like, that's what they want, you know, special kids cups with their drink of choice, make sure that we've got something that they could color with, like entertain them. And then how can you make the parents experience great too? It's like, don't wait for them to ask you for water. Make sure it's always filled. Make sure that there's always, you know, the salt and pepper looks good. It's on the table, you know, like anything that someone would need, you're already two steps ahead of them. So that like, Again, they don't have they don't have to think about the experience itself. Like they're experiencing something totally different, um, yeah. and you're creating that environment for them. So I just feel like I const I was always like in tune with that. Like, what could make this experience for these people great? And I think when you're, and again, and no matter what capacity, right? Like when I worked at the spa, I wanted to make sure that the locker room, that's like where I worked the most, the women's locker room, was clean, was tidy, everything was stocked. You know, like everything looked good because. If I were to go into a place like that, I'd want it to look like that too. So it's just always like putting, I guess, putting yourself in someone else's shoes. Like what's the best experience possible they could have? And then how can you just execute on that before they ever have to think about it? Yeah. Yeah, man. I love it. Like, uh, I'm going to take that. Like, just how can I make someone still like very special? Like, it's almost like just, just extra, very special that they they did like it it, it kind of defied their expectations of what they were going to get at this restaurant right they're like wait this isn't like a four-star or five-star restaurant or something like they're giving me you know something that's they're like it's it's changing my perception of what i'm going to get here um you know um and even these are just little ways right and you were kind of like you know just looking at um you know you're just taking a pause just to observe okay like what am i seeing here Mm -hmm. mom kids 
you know, maybe uh, little kids, um, probably going to be, you know, difficult to, you know, sit in one place, mm-hmm. um, not going to want to like think too much. Let's execute and just make sure everything's like easy. Waters are done. Kids have coloring books. What can we do? Totally. And then I would say even on the flip side, just going back to this like serving uh, example, if you notice, you know, a couple coming in and they're just just the two of them, you probably don't want to continuously go up to them and ask, you know, like, how's the food? How's the food? Is there anything else I can get? You know, like, because they're probably out together getting this alone time. And so you coming in and berating them with all these questions constantly is also not like what the experience you're looking for. So it's just kind of like leaning in and out of kind of and just reading people you know you're just kind of reading reading the room and i really do go back to this point of like my dad used i loved i mean storytelling is like the best way to communicate anything truly i mean it just goes back to the beginning of time right and i loved hearing these stories from my dad he had great stories growing up that he would share with us as we were growing up and i just always go back to like that's probably one of the biggest lessons I learned as he was sharing about, you know, he was on his paper route and this is what he did different than his brothers and how it, how I was like, you know, wow, you think about just doing that one little thing makes all the difference for someone else's experience with you or the service that you provide. Just leaning that newspaper up against a door. So when they open the door, it just falls right in. Like to think about that, even at a young age, like I just find that so interesting. And so him sharing with those stories with us over and over as we were growing up, I just think that had a huge impression on how I looked at, you know, the jobs that I've had. And uh, even now when I look, when I go to Target and I'm looking at, you know, people helping me in line, I'm like, hmm, you know, like you kind of, you always have this like tilt of like customer experience and you always are evaluating it in the back of your mind. So you're making me think of, um, you know, uh, this past weekend I was at Disney um, at a conference and, um, you know, we were all like uh, uh, we were getting a um, a bus from Ep- uh, from our hotel to Epcot. And um, if anybody's, you know, been to to Epcot um, or, or to Disney, Florida, you know, probably rains, you know, I don't know, 60, 70% of the year, it just off like pours down at, at, at any given time. So mm-hmm. it's raining really hard. And I went to the gift shop and I'm like, I'm going to go ahead, you know, poncho, get a poncho and expense it. Right. And I'm, I'm pretty good at thinking pretty, pretty well at others and things like that. Like I try to perceive that and I bought it and I didn't even think to myself, like what the weather is like and what other people are probably doing at the conference. Right. I just bought one for me. And I get there and I get in line and I'm like telling everybody like, hey, you know, isn't this crazy? Disney's charging me $12 for this poncho, but I bought it anyways because it's Disney. Who cares? It has mini on it. I mean, and then somebody made the comment like, where's my poncho? Did you get one for everyone? And I'm like thinking to myself like, oh, my God. Like, no, I didn't even like pause and think like just, you know, if I'm going somewhere with a lot of people. Maybe like, you know, as a kid, I should bring some for everyone. So at, when I got to Epcot, I just bought like $200 worth of, of, of raincoats, right? Of, of ponchos. And I'm like, anybody that I see from the conference, I'm just going to like, see if they want one. And you would have thought that I, I handed them a hundred dollar bill. Like I gave so people cool. a poncho and they were just like, thank you so much. Can you, could my, 
do you mind if my husband has one too? And I wasn't trying to like talk about my my company, my products. What I did, I'm just like, hey, I'm Alex, you know, from Docebo. Thanks. You know, here's here's your poncho. Yeah. yeah. And and I'm like, they will think of that, you know? Like one guy was like, I will always remember this. I will always because it was pouring down rain. People were miserable and they got the poncho and they felt so great, you yes. know? Yes. And we we don't think, you know, all the time, just stop and think like, what could make people give people this totally special experience, right? Mm -hmm. Enough. And it's all these opportunities actually exist. I feel like all around us, if we just pause a little bit and go just, you know, if we ask ourselves that question, like what I'm, I'm going to see some people, what could give them just a, a totally special experience? And it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. I mean, you know, that's something my company can write off and it's better than a dinner, you know, like, you know, so you know, just a question I feel like we could all ask ourselves for sure. You anticipated the needs of all these people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and help them have a great experience. Like that's, I mean, think yeah. about that. Yeah. So, well, cool. So tell me a little bit uh, about like, you know, what you're doing today. You've been, you've had a great career in like in sales and you've done a lot of recruiting, which I think totally is sales, like helping people make huge life decisions based on, you know, you meeting them just in, you know, um, probably just, uh, you know, one off, like just new, uh, a, you meet someone new and then you, you actually place them in a role that like changes the trajectory of their lives. Mm -hmm. That's tough, a tough thing to do. But now you're kind of doing more of, you know, helping people with their presence hourly in the world on LinkedIn and kind of going through tips. That's kind of how I first kind of came to you. So tell me a little bit about, you know, where you think the opportunities to be human on LinkedIn are. And more importantly, like where people think they're being, you know, really, you know, human maybe in, 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 in they're doing all the right things on LinkedIn, but really it's, it's maybe some of these things are like working against them. Maybe you sure. can take, take both of those areas. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say where people can leverage LinkedIn to be more human, that, that spans across any, any profession. And one of the things I'm really, really passionate about today is especially as we're moving into either we are in what whatever you want to think, we're in a recession, we're heading into a recession, we're in a whatever. Mm -hmm. It is more important now than ever before that, first of all, you have a LinkedIn presence because jobs are not secure. Um, you know, we just saw this week Meta laid off 11,000 people. Yeah. There was another yeah. big layoff somewhere else, you know, and so it's, it's scary. There's a lot of uncertainty right now for a lot of people in their jobs. That is exactly why you want to be on LinkedIn. It is exactly why you want to have an optimized profile. You want to be making connections with people, genuine, authentic connections and building that network because I'm a big believer. This is how I always got all of my jobs and my opportunities was it wasn't necessarily always about what I knew, but it was about who I knew. That always helped me in my career and in my, you know, on my career path was making relationships, building a network and being able to really leverage, you know, the relationships in the right, in the right way. Um, and so that's why I tell people now is absolutely the time to be on LinkedIn, to build your presence there, build an audience, gain, follow, like all the things, because it will only help you. It will not hurt you. And, um, and I am really passionate about, especially leaders, managers, hiring managers, VPs, CEOs, whatever, that they get really active on the platform. Because as we think about now how work has evolved and there's, there are so many teams that are fully remote, 
you don't get that human interaction like you used to being in an office all the time, right? The only time a lot of managers interact with their team is through a scheduled one-on-one or in a team meeting, or if they go to a conference and they all meet up once or twice a year. But when you show up on LinkedIn as a leader and you're posting content that revolves around your thought leadership, your values, and all those things, and if you truly walk the walk, that's another touch point for your team to see where you don't have to be in front of them on a screen like a Zoom call, but you're just like in their feed and they're really getting to know you. That's where that additional like futuristic, I guess, it's like how we can create more human connection today you know, in a, in a remote setting. That, that's the only thing I could think of. And truly, yeah. like, that is building this level of trust and buy-in from teams more so than when VPs or executives are not active. Because whether you like it or not as a hiring manager or an executive, your team is on LinkedIn. Most people are hanging out on LinkedIn during the workday because while it's a social media platform, it also just feels more acceptable to be there because it's a professional network versus scrolling on Instagram or Facebook. So the leaders that are active, they're seeing them. They're seeing, you know, companies, you know, be more active on the platform, talking about their company culture, their beliefs, their values. And if if your employees seeing that long enough, they may think like, wow, well, I... You know, I, I I would like to think my leaders are, you know, care about these issues or care <laughs> about these things, but I don't see them yeah. like talking about it and yeah. I align with these other leaders. So I would love to go work for them. I mean, the retention piece alone, you know, we're talking about human connection, but the retention piece alone is so important. Yeah, I agree. So important. Yeah. You know, l- tell me um, before we get to the things that people do wrong, like what if like there's probably people on here that are like, you know what? Lindsay like posts like a, you know, a day a week, she's doing consulting. She has her own business. She's an entrepreneur. So I get that why she's on there. Right. Like she needs, it's like a lifeblood. Like it's a, it's a, it's a pipeline for her. Right. But like, if I'm just in a role, maybe I'm not in a sales role. Like I'm just a, like my wife is an architect and you know, she, you know, she's an interior designer. So for her, like she's not getting tons of like maybe business leads and she's not even in a business you know development necessarily role she has some of that maybe as as part of her role but she's a designer mm-hmm. she's you know dr- you know creating drawings you know on uh for for you know large um you know uh airports right so like you know uh, she's she's kind of like you know maybe you know putting out news in the company or like milestones like things that she works on she'll like you know like send out links but what could somebody do beyond just like sharing company information? Because I feel like that's a, a common first thing for people to do is that they just kind of like, you know, share links uh, about the company or things about their company, but they're they're not really creating a personal like story about themselves necessarily and, and allowing people to connect with them as a person on, on uh, through their contact. So what are some like you know, just basic things that people can do to maybe, um, you know, create this this you know, this, this human connection to, to tell, tell a really human story through their content, you know, in a way that's not like necessarily associated to like direct business, but then, but, but it could lead to, um, something for you, you know, in that realm down the road. Oh my gosh. I love that you brought up your wife as an example, because this is how a lot of people feel about LinkedIn, especially if they're not in a managerial role or sales role or a business owner, they're an individual, individual contributor. And they're like, what business do I have being on LinkedIn actively? Your wife is a great example of, for one, 
if she works at a company and she doesn't own her own consultancy or agency or anything like that, if she ever wanted job security, being on LinkedIn and building an audience of other people, you know, in a network that might hire her, that's huge job security. Or if she ever wanted to go out on her own, all these people on LinkedIn know her and they know what she does. So that's like one reason why I would say absolutely individual contributors need to be on LinkedIn building this like personal, I don't like to say personal brand because it's overused, but personal presence on the platform. Hmm. Okay. The other thing is that by default, like when she is on there talking about, and you mentioned where people will just like reshare company posts. Oh my gosh, it gets so boring so fast. Yeah. <laughs> posts don't go anywhere because right. we don't, we don't want to know what your company has to say. We want to know what you have to say. You know, so if your wife is working on building out an airport, like what are the things as an architect that she thinks about? You know, like, are we talking about flow for, you know, foot traffic? Where would you place bathrooms? Where would you place, you know, food or coffee stands? What's the thought process around that? Because when you walk into an airport that might be re that's redone, like we, we live really close to LAX. We were just in the brand new Delta uh, section a few yeah. weeks ago and we were like wow this is so cool you know there's so much space it's it's wide and all these things right um and to think like to get some the perspective of like the brains behind the design is fascinating it's so interesting and it might be feel like might also feel very boring to someone like right where she's like this is just what i do but people are interested in that kind of yeah. stuff yeah and then think about as she shares this type of content over and over people who are like hey we you know Again, there's it's a lot of B2B on LinkedIn, not only B2B, but there's a lot of B2B. And so if I'm an executive or if I don't even know who runs or owns an airport, if it's a city or a county or a state or yes. whatever. But if I'm a, if I'm actively connecting with these types of people um, and like I'm posting this content, I might think like, well, if we're, you know, if we're sending out, you know, if we're doing an RFP on yeah. who wants to come and design our airport and I know what's your wife's name? Uh, Jessica. If I've seen Jessica over and over, I'm going to go, hey, Jessica, we'd really love for you to, your company to spend an RFP. We're very intrigued by your design, your company, you know, all this stuff. It just helps with the overall brand and like yeah. what you do. And think about it. People want to connect with a person over a company or a brand. And mm. so when they're like, yeah, and we want Jessica on the project, we, we've seen her over the last year. She's talked yeah. about these projects, you know, yeah. we, we get her insights and how she thinks about things like that totally aligns with us. We would love to actually have Jessica on our project. I, I mean, how cool would that be for Jessica? To yeah. Be like, I'm not even in sales and I brought in a huge deal, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. And maybe she can go back to you know, her team and be like, I'd love a little cut of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean that it's so true. It's so funny because, um, yeah, she always, so, you know, it's like, um, yeah, it's almost like some people are like, I just want, you know, and sometimes this works for people, but like, I just want people to write it for me and pay them and, you know, do it for me and that sort of thing. And, um, but you know, like, I'm like, you know, you could, and I almost be like, that's, you know, worth like somewhat of an investment. Now, like if you do that, like that person's not going to just know who you are without really deeply, um, you know, understanding your, you know, what's in your heart, what's in your brain, how you think and, you know, use your voice, you know, so it's, there's a reason why some of these, you know, ghost writers are, are not, you know, cheap, right? We have a LinkedIn agency. That's okay. like a big part of my business because so many people yeah. were like, Hey, I don't have the time for this. Can you help yeah. us with this? So yeah. we, we do have 
some clients that, you know, they do exactly that. They just pay us and we make their content, we make their connections for them, we engage for them because they see the value in being on the platform. Right. I also tell people, I also get that like LinkedIn is not your full-time job. Right, right, right. <laughs> so like like an balance. entrepreneur would be, right? Yeah. Exactly. There is a balance. What you think people do wrong? Like I know in sales, it's easy, you know, um, anyone that's uh, uh, in the sales community knows what connecting and pitching is. Um, but I'm I'm more concerned like about like the, you know, like the subtle things people do that maybe just, you know, feel icky, you know, and maybe, you know, um, I don't think all connected pitches are, are all the same. I mean, we all like a, a very obvious one is like, as soon as you connect with someone, they're sending you a link and just trying to get you into a discount or something like that. That's like obvious, but I think other things come across as very pitchy, but people don't think that they are right. Like the, mm. like maybe they connect and the very first thing that they say is like, that's awesome. Hey, Alex, you know, w- would love to get on a call to talk a little bit about, you know, what we do over here and like, find out what you do. And, um, you know, I don't know if you saw this, but like, we, you know, are sponsoring this like webinar coming up and like, it might be really interesting to you. And, um, you know, Hey, do you have 15 minutes like to jump on a calendar or even a recruiter? Like, Hey, like saw your background. Um, we have like this role it's for this much money and this doing this, 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 and this, here's my link to book again. And, you know, and they may think that like, that's like legitimate too, but like, it just feels like to me, like I'm not anything more than a, a number to you or whatever. So what are, what are things, what are those things that you commonly see people do? And you're like, Nope, not doing that. We're going to do this instead. And what's the, what's the, not that and this instead. I like that you brought up those examples because there are just certain like aspects of selling that sometimes like, you know, especially for recruiting and it's, well, in this market, it's actually, it's a hiring manager's market that we're moving into. So there's going to be no shortage of candidates right now. However, um, sometimes for recruiters in that capacity and, and other sales roles, at this point, it's a numbers game. And so I know it doesn't make you yeah. feel good on the receiving end, but that's just the approach. It's a numbers game. If we yeah. hit up enough people, we're going to get one or a couple and like that's yeah. what we need. You know, and that's just hardcore sales. And I totally get that it feels icky on the receiving end or even sometimes like on the the person that's like doing the reach outs. It just is what it is. But I would say for the most part, you know, people want to feel to the point of this whole podcast. They want to feel that human connection. They want to know, like, and trust you and feel that reciprocation before moving into some type of conversation where someone is feeling sold or convinced or persuaded um, to do something most times. Now, some people are like, man, we have been, you know, I've been following you for forever. And like, I love what you talk about, like, and it's an easy transaction. But I would say for the most part, you know, don't don't immediately ask for, you know, that sale, right? As someone connects with you, like truly try to build a relationship. And it's hard, you know, like, I do think that people are genuine and wanting to like meet for coffee or whatever. And, and if, if you really go into it, it's like, Hey, here's what I do. If you can help me, that'd be great. And tell me about what you do. And I would love to help you in return. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of that that goes on. And to be honest, like, that's just like almost networking one-on-one. Yeah. And we think about LinkedIn, like it's a networking platform. Um, I think it's probably the mindset that people have that maybe they don't agree or their beliefs on like how to sell or whatever. They just don't align. You're just going to get a different like variation of how people kind of approach what they want to do with the platform. 
Yeah. I just made a post, what, yesterday, two days ago, where I'm like, hey, like, don't delete connections, but be strategic in who you accept connections from. Right. Because it's true. As soon as you open up yourself to random connections, they're probably going to randomly spam you. You know, that's why they, that's why LinkedIn kind of advises people. Like it's, if you go look up like, Hey, LinkedIn, like, how do I, how do I know like who I should be connecting with? Their advice is usually like connect with people that you know, or that you've met at like a, an event, um, or that you've seen at a similar company or an event just to avoid like any spamminess that you might experience. Yeah. So, um, you know, like I'm sure you've probably received business from conversations. So I, I think sometimes people struggle like with connecting with people, like just starting conversations because people like expect expect to be pitched to, you know, not that, you know, it's it's I've had I've just connected with people and straight up just, you know, asked them about something like I noticed or asked them a question about something I noticed on their profile or something that they've posted. And and it started these like amazing conversations and they didn't even turn into anything immediately. And then like a year later, you know, there, a different department was reaching out to us. And that person I was conversating with ended up getting brought in and we already knew each other because I, I said, Oh, like she posted something about her locks of kindness company for her nonprofit where she, you know, cut her hair and kind of donated. And I was like, locks of kindness as, um, you know, it's like locks from lockdown was, was the name of it. And uh, I said, has, has kindness locked down as that was the first message I ever sent to her, but you know, yeah, I wasn't selling her. What are some like conversations or things that you like to, to do when you're in that first connection to just, um, you know, get conversation started? I'm always very, I mean, personally, I'm always very curious about their work. And I don't know if it's because I yeah. worked at such a young age, but I'm very, yeah. and, and then, you know, almost 10 years in staffing, I'm always very curious about what people do and what their history is and like how they got into what they got into. Um, I find that very fascinating. So if I am reaching out to somebody where I have like no specific agenda or, you know, whatever, that's usually what I'm like, Hey, like I noticed you've done this and I'm fascinated by that. Would you be willing to like meet and talk about it? You know, but that's just me personally. I would say for anybody listening who's like, yeah, how would I like just organically start conversation with someone? I would just ask some questions you're genuinely curious about, you know, um, because that that just gets the ball rolling on on conversations. And the thing you have to know, too, with like especially sorry, this disappeared on me uh, with people um, in any capacity. Right. It's not just LinkedIn. It's on other social platforms. It's in in-person networking events. It's like. Some people are just like not going to accept yeah. that. <laughs> they don't want to yeah. have a conversation or <laughs> yeah, they don't want to meet with you. And like, that's okay. I would, my, my, my first thing I would step back to with people is you should have some intention for why you want to be on LinkedIn. Know kind of what your goals are. If To say you have no goals or no intention is then what are you doing? I mean, if it's just to build a network, then great. And then you can just be very, you know, I'm just building a network. I'd love to meet you. I'd love to chat more about what you do and, and see if there's any way I can help you. If you're genuine in that, that's great. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because I find a lot of people, I meet a lot of people who are like, I'm on LinkedIn, but I'm not that active, you know? And it's almost like saying to themselves like, well, I was on there at one point in time because I was either looking for a job or maybe when it first came out, everybody was on there. So I felt like, okay, I just got to do this. And they just take their resume, put it on basically their history and put it on LinkedIn and they're there, you know, and they have a few hundred connections and it's kind of like a uh, check that box. And, you know, occasionally they'll go in, you know, 
like some stuff from colleagues, share, share something from the company. And, and that's kind of the extent of it. And that's, that's, you know, that's them. Um, but I find that that's almost like saying to yourself, like, I don't have a goal. It's just saying like, I'm here because I feel like I have to be or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, or sometimes you have a goal in the beginning, like, Hey, I'm trying to like network with people or, you know, Hey, I'm trying to, um, you know, get a job or be known in my company. But then that goal may change like a year or two or three or four, you know, later, you know, just, you know, your work changes, the nature of your work connections change, you know, and you should be asking even like the most skilled, like the biggest influencers in the world, like they're constantly probably, they probably, you know, each year or even each quarter or, you know, something like, I'm sure you do, like, what is my goal? Like, like, what are, what am I like doing this all for is it's not just for my business. Maybe I'm, you know, trying to get more speaking opportunities, or maybe I'm trying to, you know, work with, you know, X type of person, you know, there, there has to be some, like, you do have a strategy, even though you don't think you have a strategy. (laughs) What would you think? Like, (laughs) totally. That's why I say, like, even if you're someone who like, if you don't really use the platform, you just go on every now and then. Yeah. Like LinkedIn is not even in your like, atmosphere and that's fine but if it is something that you want to pursue more of or you do want to start to get more active like just think like well what's the purpose what am i doing here again if it's simply to just build a network awesome if it's beyond that to make sales or make very strategic connections for future job opportunities or you know that you know 18 months from now you'd love to promote from a director role to a vp role like get started on linkedin now because what, the thing that I see with people too, and I know this is deviating a little bit from what you just said, but I think it's important to note that people that do want to start to get active on LinkedIn, just like any other social media platform or any other network you want to get involved in, it takes time. It's funny to me when people are like, oh, I was on LinkedIn for like 30 days and I saw nothing. I mean, give yourself at least a year. I've had um, former clients that worked at like Oracle and Cisco. I used to be up in the Bay Area and sell to tech. And actually I was on the sales side. So I would work with hiring managers to con- like sell them on, use our services to find you the candidates, sell candidates into them. But I, yeah. And, um, I've had, I've heard from plenty of them over the last couple months are like, Hey, see what you're doing on LinkedIn now. Can you help me? And I'm like, my advice is that you, I mean, yes. And you should have started six months ago. You should have been working by building and like posting content, doing all these things a year ago. Because for the people that are getting laid off and that have a strong presence on LinkedIn and they know all these people, they're finding jobs. They're finding opportunities. Sure. It's the ones that are showing up that haven't been active at all. And now they're like looking for a job that I'm telling you, it makes a lot of difference. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, no. Um, What, uh, like, what are some like um, insights, like as we kind of um, wrap up, like what are things you've seen? Have you seen people that have gone from like not being, you know, active at all, not doing anything to, you know, what, what are the results? Like, you know, even people that aren't, you know, necessarily trying to start a business or necessarily like, have you, what are, what are some stories that you've seen, you know, working with people? Even speaking from like our agency clients, some people we do require that they have a little bit of an audience base somewhere else, but not necessarily. For example, I have an entrepreneur. She's, you know, she was a startup founder. She's like sold her company. She just had a book launch this past week, which we've been building towards. But she had no presence on LinkedIn before we started working together. And in the last four months of working together, she's been asked to come speak on 
panels. She's been asked. She's been, you know, given speaking opportunities, paid speaking opportunities that again, she's active on other platforms, but they're not coming through there. No one's hitting her up on Instagram asking, hey, can you come speak at our conference or Twitter or wherever else she's at on TikTok? They're coming on LinkedIn asking wow. her like, hey, we will pay you. Will you come speak at our next conference? Will you come be part of our panel? So it's really cool to see opportunities like that come through for someone like her. Same with Jesse, you know, been able to book really big speaking deals because of LinkedIn. You know, I mean, book sales today, we had uh, did a LinkedIn live with a client who she just started this challenge for anybody. It's like a 40 day challenge. I, I saw 50, that. 50 bucks to sign up. And I said, let's just jump on LinkedIn and be, you know, do a live and talk about the challenge and just actually how this applies to people in business or at work. And two people by the end of our live, which was 15 minutes, signed up. Yeah. So, you know, you're just seeing like, it's just, it's another network of people who I feel are very tuned in. There's a lot of authenticity, which I hate that word. There's just a lot of realness on the platform still more so than any other, other place. And I tell people now, like, and I'm not the only one that says it. Gary Vaynerchuk says it all the time. He's like, ride the wave now, get in now, because I'm telling you, it will evolve to Instagram. It will evolve to Facebook where you're not getting as much organic reach. You're seeing a lot of ads. You're seeing a lot of just inauthentic, you know, spammy salesy stuff that you're not into. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. it's not there yet. So like get there now and and build the network and the relationships while you can. Yeah, I agree. I think it's still sort of early and you know, it's um it, the barrier to entry, I feel like, is so low, and uh, you don't have to be an ex like a, a super influencer too. There are people that are, you know, just putting out stuff and just, um, you know, connecting with people just because they were doing it consistently, like, yeah. and they had a point of view, and they were they 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 had some type of theme, like you were saying. If yeah. if if it's you know they had a goal, they had a clear goal, and like if I if I'm you know, tuning into this person, I'm going to see insights about interior design, you know, from her point of view, or I'm going to get sales insights, or I'm going to see funny sales videos, or I'm going to get whatever, you know, like, um, just maybe my hit, my, my, my goal, some of my theme is just, I want to tell some stories throughout my career. And, um, even talk about some insights that I'm hearing on, you know, sales calls with, Mm -hmm. with people in L and D. And Oh, by the way, I also have this podcast where I share, you know, these, these conversations, like those, those couple themes and people kind of know like what they're going to get with me and just let that kind of guide, guide what I put out. So, yeah. And I will say one last thing, when you talk about people, like an example of someone, so my husband, Teddy had like barely any presence on LinkedIn at the start of this year. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to go all in on LinkedIn. I'm going to give it a try. Wow. I'm like, let's go. Okay. Yeah, come on, Teddy. Like, we'll do this. Years, like, yes. Like, I'm so pumped. And in 90 days, he built and I mean, and he was consistent, right? Like he was doing all the things. He was posting content consistently. He was tuning into an audience. He was engaging a lot. Like he was doing a lot. But he has now built his email list. I will say it's a combination of LinkedIn and Twitter to like thousands of people. Wow. And it hasn't even been a full year. So like, wow. even if you, if you have nothing to sell, but you'd like to build your email list, which we all need to be doing because we don't own our content on any of these platforms, LinkedIn included, this is a great way to do it. Just build your, your newsletter audience. It's a free email that you send to people. There's not, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be something that you're constantly selling. It could just be that you want to build your audience offline or mm-hmm. off of a social platform. Yeah. So true. 
Lindsay, this has been an awesome conversation. As we kind of like get to the end, I, I always like to like feel like everybody that we talk to, they have these awesome, unique human things about each other. And I think those are the things that these little things, these stories about ourselves that kind of really, you know, connect us to each other. So as we wrap up, I want to ask you a fun little question about you. So if I went to Teddy, I'll, since I know your husband's name now. So if I went to Teddy and I said, you know, Teddy, what is just something that, you know, that is just totally Lindsay, something that would could only happen to Lindsay, something that is, you know, that, you know, that is, uh, it, it could only and would only happen to you. It's just something totally you, maybe it's a thing, maybe it's a, an event, just nobody else in the world would, would do this. What would, what would Teddy tell me about you, Lindsay? <laughs> okay. I have a story and this is why he'd be like, this is exactly why this would happen to Lindsay. So I am, I would say I'm a bigger personality and I will talk to anybody. I will literally talk to a brick wall. My Teddy would say that. He'd be like, oh my God, she like will talk to anyone. And because of that, and because I'm like, oh, hi, you know, what's going on? When I was in my sales job, in my staffing career, I was at Oracle and I was meeting a few new clients and I go to the desk to check in and I'm like, hey, I'm here for, you know, Paul Smith. Okay. They call Paul Smith. Like, yeah, he'll be right down. Awesome. I turn around and this guy is waving at me and I'm like, oh, okay, there's Paul. So I just start walking. I'm like, hey, how's it going? And he's like, good. I'm like, should you just go up to your office? He's like, okay. So he starts telling me, he's like, so where'd you go to school? I'm like, I went to San Jose State. And he's like, okay, yeah, usually we hire people from like Ivy League. I'm like, okay, noted, noted, absolutely. Like I'm taking notes. Like, great, this guy's giving me all his insights on who he hires. Like, this is awesome. So we're going and he kind of just kind of sits back. He's looking at me and I'm like, you know, anything else, you know? And he's like, I think that's good. And so we like get up to the floor, we're walking out and we're uh, walking to his office and I, he stops in front of an office that is a soup. It's his, it's his office. And he kind of looks at me and I look at the name plaque on the office door and it was like Rishi Kumar. And I'm like, not Paul, you're not Paul. (laughs) And he's like, no, are you looking for a Paul? I was like, I totally thought you were Paul. And as soon as I just like say that, he looks at his desk, his phone's ringing and he picks it up and he's like, yeah, we'll be right down. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I assumed that you were Paul because you were waving at me. He goes, I was actually waving to the person behind you. And the person <laughs> behind me was like this sweet, tall, shy college Stop kid it. who was there for his internship interview. And I totally hijacked it. I'm like, oh, you're waving my direction. You must be like waving me. <laughs> I felt so bad. So we get back downstairs. I'm like, oh my gosh, so nice to meet you, Rishi. Thank you. Thank you. And I look and this gentleman, Paul, is sitting there just smiling, laughing at me. He's like, that's not me. I was like, I am so sorry. I thought that was you. Uh, you know, and I tell a story sometimes and Teddy would be like, that would totally happen to you. <laughs> that, that is something that would so happen to you. Because I'm just like, oh, How's it going? Let's just start talking to people and spazzing out. But then the fact that they brought you up, like no questions asked, they must have been like, Lindsay's probably a good hang. You know, she's fun. You know, like, let's bring her up. You know, I just and the the fact that he like 
said, you know, oh, where, where'd you go to school? Like San Jose State, you know? And he's like, oh, we usually hire people from, I've, great, great yeah. hiring people. I thought you were going to say like Vishi Kumar, like CEO, like, or oh. something. Like, <laughs> I mean, he was, he was a hiring manager, which would have been, you know, I was like, great, I'll make sure to follow up with this guy later because he's right. definitely a, a, an ideal client. But I just was like, oh my gosh. And this poor college student who I, he's already shy and timid standing there, probably feeling Good so story. overwhelmed. I Did you end up meeting Paul? That's the question. Yes, Paul was sitting there watching the whole thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's a great yeah. story. That's a great story. I'm like, really? You let it all happen? He goes, "Oh yeah, I could not let this happen." <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting entertainment at this point. Yeah, yeah. Well, Lindsay, you've just been a ball to to talk to. Um, I would I would totally do the same thing if I was that guy and you were in the <laughs> lobby uh, waving at me. Uh, you know, with all that said, uh, what is um, where can people find you? See more of you? Just connect with you on LinkedIn. Yeah, absolutely, definitely come find me on LinkedIn, Lindsay Mitrosilis. Luckily, there's only one. Um, <laughs> my website, lindsaymitrosilis.com, and then I am also active on Instagram, lindsay.mitrosilis. Awesome. All this stuff will be in the notes. Lindsay, thank you so, so much today. You've been such a joy to talk to. Thank you for having me. Hey, gang. All right. Wow. You made it to the end. I know your time is valuable. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending your time here with me. If you heard a quote you liked, got a quick bit of value, or you have an idea that can help convince others to join, I urge you to take a minute and leave a five-star rating and review. That helps us gain influence and bring some really great guests on to add even more value to you and others. You can also always contact me directly to tell me your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. All my info is in the notes. Let's help convince anyone that they have the ability to sell well just by being great humans. And this podcast is proof. All right. See you on the next episode of Stories of Selling Human. <laughs>